Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Sunday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning. That's right, it's a beautiful morning out there. My name is Pierre Morrow, and I'll be bringing you this week's、uh, program of Asia Pacific Currents. Giselle's not here again today. It's actually her birthday, so happy birthday, Giselle! She decided that that was a good excuse、uh, not to come and do the radio program. I assume that's、uh, that's fine. Really, she'll be back next week, and、uh, of course,、uh, thanks to Solidarity Breakfast for another informative、uh, program. And that、uh, song that you were listening in the break was "Sydney After Dark" by Melanie Hornsvell, and unfortunately. We didn't quite have enough time to finish it. Now, of course,、um, uh, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links every week at nine o'clock on Saturday morning on your favourite community radio station, Three CR Radio. And if you want to get in touch with、uh, Australia Asia Worker Links, you can go to our、uh, website, all the W's A A W L dot org dot au, or you can look us up on Facebook and Twitter. So、um, got a big presence there, and of course,、uh, last、uh, week, last Saturday, we、uh, we held a commemoration、um, at the Eight Hour Monument for the、uh, Global Day of Action Against、uh, Trade Union Repression, which is every year on November sixteen.、Uh, so thanks to all those that came, and it's important to、um, to note that and. Unfortunately, in some of the news items that I will be bringing you, there'll be more cases of、uh, trade union、uh, repression and suppression of、uh, independent labour organising. But、um, we have to stay strong. We have to stay united, and we'll certainly win. And、um, on the on the question of being staying united, this is what my the interview that we have、uh, with you is all about in the second half of the program. I caught up earlier in the week with Shivani Kaul. Now she's a political activist with、uh, Bigul Mazdur Dastan, a legal advisor to the automotive、um, industry contract workers union in northern India. And so, and we'll be talking about an ongoing strike by thousands of contract workers. At the Honda manufacturing plant in the Gurgaon、uh, re- industrial region of、um, of northern India, which is just outside of New Delhi, so quite a um, quite a um, groundbreaking、uh, strike this one, and you'll hear、uh, what are the characteristics that make it so、uh, groundbreaking. <coughs> Sorry about that.、Um, I think I better have a drink of water, but、um, I'll come back with the news uh, uh, items for today. And I said we'll come back. We'll get back to the、um, interview with Shivani around、uh, quarter past nine o'clock. Hey, this is Nick from Pinyao. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. We've got a, a、um, whole range of uh, news items uh, spanning from uh, West Asia to East Asia and to Australia. 
And uh, our first item is from uh, Israel, where uh, this week in a surprise, well, I should say Palestine, really, this week in a surprise announcement, uh, the Secretary of State of the USA, Mike Pompeo, stated that Israel's settlements in the occupied West Bank uh, were not inconsistent with international law. He went further on to say that all the... All the USA is doing is recognizing the reality on the ground in the West Bank. Currently, there are approximately 200 official Israeli settlements in the occupied West Bank, including East Jerusalem, with around uh, 620,000 residents. In addition, of course, there's also a number of unofficial outposts of settlers as well. Now, while Israel's occupation and continued expansion and annexation of the West Bank and other Palestine land, land is obviously and uncontroversially illegal under international law, the reality is that Israel is the strongest military power in the region and is backed economically by the United States of America. So that's really the the issue um, there. Um, of course, the struggle for the Palestinian will keep going. We now go nearby where to Iran, where um, last week in an overnight surprise move uh, of uh, Friday in, on Friday night, not yesterday but the week before the Iranian government announced an increase in the price of petrol of up to 50% as well as the introduction of a rationing system for fuel. This announcement gave rise to three days of mass working class protest all around the country as this price hike will have a very negative effect on the already impoverished Iranian working class and um, as the cover of as the government quickly implemented a media shutdown, including to internet services, it has actually been difficult to get reliable information on these protests. Given the wave of uh, working class protests that hit Iran in 2017 and 2018, the government uh, this time moved quickly to suppress any public show of dissent. Now, because the, it, it is still uh, difficult to know what's happening, um, figures um, vary, but reports claim that anywhere between 10 and 100 people were killed by security forces in the last week, while at least a 1,000 protesters have been detained. And I did see uh, an item just uh, uh, this morning saying the Iranian government said they will prosecute um, over 100 uh, so-called uh, ring leaders. Hi, it's Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. And of course, uh, in terms of Iran, we often bring news about the uh, terrible state uh, for labor organizers in Iran and uh, the terrible uh, repression and sentences uh, and jail time that uh, a lot of labor activists um, get. So um, we'll certainly follow the information and we uh, hope our comrades are safe in Iran. We now go to uh, China, where um, recent government statistics have shown that the number of work-related accidents and deaths in China fell by 20% and 18% respectively in the first nine months of this year compared to the same period of last year. Now, for 2018, these percentages equate to almost 50,000 accidents and around 35,000 work-related 
this in 2018. Now, while it's great that the workplace, uh, the rate of workplace incidents are decreasing and they're big decreases, having independent unions organising workers would actually improve the situation much faster and is really the best way to implement uh, good health and safety at the workplace. Um, Now, for instance, in the last few weeks, there were three major incidents recorded in China. Um, Six miners died and another one was injured on the 26th of October when the roof collapsed at a coal mine in Luzhou, run by the South uh, Sichuan Coal Industry Guzhou Power and Power Company. The following day, an explosion at an oil production plant testing facility in uh, Yangcheng uh, County in Shanxi State led to eight uh, workers dying and five injured, while the day after, uh, on the 28th of October, a construction site collapsed at a car park in uh, Guiyang, resulting in another uh, death of uh, well, in the death of another eight construction workers, with uh, two other workers suffering serious injuries. So, while the rates are going down, there is obviously still a long way to go. And as I said again, there is nothing like having independent uh, trade unions to actually make sure that health and safety is up to scratch. And on the issue of health and safety, we now go uh, literally next door to South Korea, where um, following years of campaigning and a number of successful prosecutions and compensation cases around occupational health and safety, labor activists in South Korea um, had started to believe that conditions were now on the improve for workers in that country. Unfortunately, this week, the South Korea's legislator all but unanimously approved an amendment to an industrial information law that allows corporations to arbitrarily conceal any information that could be used as evidence for workers' compensation cases. Now, if that wasn't enough, in addition, any disclosure of so-called core national technologies will carry a prison sentence of up to three years. While um, this same law also allows corporations to file criminal complaints and seek punitive damages for such disclosures, even if this information was lawfully uh, acquired industrial information. So... um, quite a uh, stark counterattack by the corporation and the state against the successful um, uh, campaigning by workers on occupational health and safety in uh, in South Korea. So um, keep on fighting, comrades. Hi, we are the Lumberjills. Hello, we Lumberjills. And we're, we're from, from Canada. Canada. So you're listening to 3CR 855 AM Community Radio, and we just want to say support your local radio station. Way, hey, and away we go. Donkey riding, donkey riding. Way, hey, and away we go. Riding on a donkey. Well, I can certainly have done about riding a donkey, but certainly support uh, 3CR Radio. Um, Our next item, uh, still got um, three items to go. Our next item is uh, still in um, South Korea. We, um, on Wednesday of this week, so three days ago, thousands of workers belonging to the KCTU, KPTU, Korean Railway Workers Union, began an unlimited um, strike. This is uh, the culmination of a long-running series of disputes precipitated by Korean Rail Management's refusal to implement a, ser- a series of agreements around staff 
staffing levels, rostering and greater integration of the rail system. So these were previous agreements that had been worked out in the months and years before. The workers have four key demands in this latest strike. The reintegration of the high-speed rail into public hands, the increase in the number of safety-related staff and improvements of the shift system to reduce working time, insourcing of outsourced jobs and improvement in conditions of workers in co-rail subsidiaries and the payment of back wages. Now, not surprisingly, the government's response so far has been to flatly deny any responsibility for not implementing past agreements and blaming the workers for this strike. Now, what's new around the world? You blame the workers. So, well done, comrades. I've seen some of those pictures. You look strong, united and determined, and uh, we hope that you win. We now go to um, the Philippines, uh, unfortunately, uh, a union-busting story where last week 26 workers of the Region Food Corporation, or RFC as it's uh, known, were able to walk out of jail on bail after the intervention of the local mayor, Vico Soto. The workers had gone on strike a month earlier at the factory in Pasig City over intolerable and unrelenting work conditions that included 16-hour days with only a few minutes uh, breaks, few minutes long breaks, having to work with dangerous machines and being paid no overtime. Finally, the workers went on strike and formed a picket line. This picket line was attacked on November the 9th and the workers were subsequently arrested for violent behaviour. Now, um, the response of the company uh, RFC has been to deny any wrongdoing and will continue to press charges against these workers as it says it trusts the justice system which, of course, is biased towards corporations. Um, you know, also, it is unclear whether the workers now have a job at RFC anymore. So um, stay strong, comrades. Looks like a um, hard battle there. Three CR Community Radio, eight five five AM. For our last item, we come back here to Australia, where a recent survey by the Young Workers Centre, a labour organisation in Melbourne, found that food delivery bike couriers are being underpaid by up to $200 US a week, compared with minimum rates of pay and superannuation in a transport award. This gross exploitation is due to the fact that bike couriers are employed as independent contractors, meaning they are not paid the award minimum rate they will be entitled to if classed as employees. Employees. Thus, bike uh, couriers are engaged on a take-it-or-leave-it basis and almost all are paid per delivery with no minimum rates of pay. The survey also found out that the average age of riders was 26, three-quarters were on a temporary visa, one-quarter of these couriers had been in an accident, while um, around 60% stated that it was not possible to negotiate a pay rise. Now, unfortunately, this model of employment um, of uh, food delivery um, uh, of food delivery drivers is uh, implemented by companies all around the world, and unions are concerned that independent contractor type of employment contracts uh, and arrangements will continue to spread again in other sectors as well. So. This is a big fight, comrades, that we've got to have all around the world. That's all that I've got news from around the region. We'll go to a quick break and then we'll come back with uh, Shivani Kaul. 
3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. It's just on 17 past um, um, 9 o'clock here on 3CR Radio. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlings. As I said earlier in uh, in the program, I caught up with Shivani Kaul, a political activist with Bigul Mazdur Dasta and a legal advisor to the Automotive Industry Contract Workers Union to talk about the um, on indefinite strike by contract workers at the Honda factory in uh, northern India. Can you tell us what are the main issues that the Honda automotive workers are taking action about? Present trouble that is still going on the Gurgaon Manisar belt in uh, automobile sector. It actually this time it actually pertains to the demands of contract workers because for past six to seven months, generally speaking, also it has been a trend, but specifically for past six to seven months. Contract workers throughout the automobile sector have seized the axe, to speak in that sense, of the economic slowdown that is unfolding in India right now. So uh, most of the contract workers uh, have been thrown out of work. Uh, there have been uh, frequent retrenchments, layoffs, and the current issue which is uh, going on in uh, Honda, it actually pertains to the uh, fact that 200 workers were asked to leave their jobs on 4th of November and the company called it relieving the workers. So they were told that they'll be called back after three to four months but at present they have to leave the job because uh, uh, the company, the management cannot, uh, you know, take upon this burden as the economy is reeling under stress and they don't have so much production to do. So uh, on uh, November 4th, there was a notice which was pasted on the um, gates of the factory which clearly uh, pointed out that 200 workers are being, uh, so to speak, relieved of their jobs and they will be called back. But these contract workers knew that this relieving is just a euphemism for retrenchment. And then uh, they stood their ground and they said that nothing doing. It's not just about these 200 workers. There are around 2,500 contract workers right now working in this particular factory of Honda. So uh, they said that uh, we'll we'll go on with our struggle. Their long-term demand has been regularization and to be uh, you know made into permanent workers. So they said that this is the best time that we should stick to our demand. And with this struggle, which is actually an outcome, a result of the current economic crisis that uh, Indian economy is going through. And in that sense, this struggle holds a lot of promise because it's not just about their factory, but they're actually questioning the policies which are, you know, uh, affecting them. So their long-term demand has been to be turned into regular workers. And also right now they are demanding that all those who have been retrenched in the past few months, they should be given proper compensation and those who are currently working in the factory, they should be given the permanency of jobs. 
thank that that was a very good explanation and you said there was about there's about two and a half thousand contract workers so are they all involved yes. in this industrial action or, or strike and what about the permanent workers yes. are they also supportive all the 3500 contract workers are involved in the industrial action right now and uh, yes the contract workers are being supported by the permanent workers but in that sense also this struggle is sort of a new thing happening because it was initiated by the contract workers generally this does not happen in automobile sector most of the struggles are initiated by permanent workers and contract workers then support their struggles because they don't have anywhere else to go then they support the struggles of the permanent workers but this time it's other way around also because uh, 1800 workers the contract workers they were actually occupying the factory two days back till two days back they were actually inside the premises there was factory occupation by these workers and the company had to stall the production so uh, there was no production company said that you know we are going on a investment production strike and then all the activities pertaining to production were stalled so in that sense also permanent workers had no other choice but to support the contract workers but i'm not saying that they are not generally supporting it they are but as we have seen in past many years uh, the permanent unions they represent the interests majorly the interests of permanent workers so it's a, a new thing unfolding right now and all the contract workers are part of it and uh, the permanent workers are also supporting them that is there We'll get back to the involvement and the interest and support from other workers. But what has been the response by the company and the government to this major strike? The company has not given, as of now, any positive response. The government and the entire state machinery is actually working on the behest of the Honda management. and police has been uh, involved in the entire struggle and those workers who were inside the factory which were like 1800 workers who were actually occupying the factory premises they were told to leave the premises two days back uh, because there is this council it's a conglomerate of big central trade unions in gurgaon manesar which is called trade union council so it intervened and it brokered some sort of peace or agreement and then these contract workers who were inside the factory asked to leave the factory premises so now there is no factory occupation right now it's a huge step because uh, 1800 workers inside the factory premises and it was a, a great step forward but now because of this intervention by the trade unions who actually act as a intermediary between the management and workers and do not actually represent the workers in stress and who are always trying to broker some sort of agreement at the behest of management also at the behest of government also so as far as government or management is concerned no positive response has come off so far and because now with this tuc also intervening the workers who were inside the factory are not inside the factory right now and other workers who were occupying the factory gate even they were asked to leave the factory gate and now the demonstration the protest is going on in a nearby park it's a playground sort of thing so it it's all because the uh, till uh, day before the struggle was actually showing some positive signs because because 
contract workers were not relenting and uh, they were holding their ground but now with this trade union council intervening and workers being told to just leave the factory premises leave the factory gate now we have to see how things will go in future because as of now the management and the government have not blinked so do workers also because workers are also uh, sticking to their demands but uh, we have not received any sort of confirmation or any sort of uh, assurance from the management Obviously, you know, the issue of uh, regularisation and permanent work is, is something that all workers, not just in India but around the world, uh, are, are very concerned. And, of course, the, as we have uh, reported uh, previously, and, and if you said there's been a lot of job losses in the last couple of years in India, or especially this year, but also the Gurgan region saw some massive strikes in the last few years, including the Maruti Suzuki occupation and very harsh repression. So what support do these Honda workers have from other factories around the, this great industrial belt? Many unions have come forward and did their support and solidarity to the Honda struggling workers. But the fact still remains that for example, uh, coming on a particular day and extending your support is one thing and actually participating in some sort of joint, coordinated and uh, unified industrial action is a completely different thing. So uh, unions of other plants also have come forward and extended, but that stops there. What right now one needs is that all these struggles, which have been going on particularly since 2011, and also before that, but particularly after 2011, they actually talk about very common issues, which these issues, they run across all the factories, be it mother companies or be it vendor companies. Now, for example, the union I am associated with, Automobile Industry Contract Workers Union, we have always been saying that there is a need to build and forge a solidarity between all these struggles, not only... Uh, by paying lip service, but actually having some coordinated action. So, for example, all these unions have some sort of strength. And if the central trade unions issue a call that there should be a joint action, for example, for three days in support of the struggling workers, it will actually you know, put a lot of pressure on the Honda management and also on the Haryana government to act fast. But that remains to and that has not happened not in this, this issue and because the issues that Honda workers are raising are actually the issues which have been raised by the Maruti workers, by hero workers, by uh, other workers. So there is a common thread running across all these struggles, but there needs to be a coordinated action which we believe can be uh, built only if there is a sectoral unity and there is a sectoral union representing the interests of contract workers primarily, but also permanent workers. We would certainly agree that uh, the more united the workers are and the greater the industrial um, action that is taken, the, the stronger we are. So as a, as a final question, how do you think this dispute will finish? Do you think the workers will get some of the demands or is it still a bit early to tell? Pierre, right now it's very difficult to uh, forecast or speculate what the future of this movement is going to be. But I believe two positives that uh, this movement has shown. 
one is that the the struggle is being spearheaded by the contract workers which in itself is a great step forward uh, because otherwise it it has always been contract workers who back the permanent workers but this time this is other way around secondly the positive sign that this movement has shown is that workers are actually responding to the you know job crisis that economic slowdown has led to so it's a very political struggle in the sense that it's not something immediate that they are responding to it's it's been there for a long time and in that sense i can say that it's not merely an economic struggle but a political struggle uh, as well but we have to see what this movement holds out for the workers because we know that uh, there is a might of capital the might of state which is actually backing the honda management and workers have only their unity with them so uh, it would be very difficult to say what is going to happen but uh, the positive thing is that workers are standing for their rights and they are not budging they are still ready to fight and uh, which is a positive sign and i believe that this struggle is actually a beacon of hope for other contract workers and maybe it leads to something of a sectoral unity on a larger scale which is the need of the hour so i believe that there are many positive that this uh, movement is displaying and uh, we must concentrate on them but we must also know the limitations the objective limitations that the workers face uh, and uh, as long as they don't spread their movement to other plants other workers beat contract beat permanent they will have this limitation so i believe that it's a very uh, dialectical situation right now and let's see what will happen in the coming days we'll stay in touch and we'll keep you posted whatever happens thank you very much and we really have to go we've gone over time i'm afraid that's my fault but that you were listening to shivani kaul the political activist with bigul mazdur dasta and the legal advisor to the automobile automobile industry contract workers union about their honda strike by contract workers in northern india that's all we've got time for stay tuned for palestine remembered coming up straight after this um, you've been listening to asia pacific currents brought to you every week by australia asia worker links on your favorite community radio station my name is pierre morrow and um, have a great day and we'll be back next week you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.